Gender stereotypes have led to women being underrepresented in STEM careers. We're talking to the founder of a program that plans on changing that across Australia. Stay tuned to hear more. Hi and welcome. Buckle up for a new episode of Beyond the Green Line, the only podcast hooking you up for a virtual coffee date with some of the leading change makers, industry experts, and everyday activists in environmental and agricultural sciences. So pop in your headphones, go for a walk, and get ready for inspiration, ideas, insights, and real life stories beyond the green line we balance along. Hello, and thanks for joining the conversation. In this episode, we get a sneak peek into the mind of Fiona Evans and how her love for STEM has evolved into inspiring thousands of young women to join science and technology-based careers. Hi, Fiona. Lovely to have, us, to have you with us today. Hi, and thanks for having me. It's really great. So you come from a solid STEM career in mining environmental management as, as your background. Can you tell us a bit more about you and your background in the sciences? Sure. I come at science actually from a, a trade background. Originally, I completed an apprenticeship in horticulture and moved on to conservation and land management. And after I had my kids, I went back to uni and studied science and was able to also work in an environmental laboratory across the same time as that. And that's where I entered science as a, profession, as a profession and as an environmental chemist. So when you're at school uh, deciding what to do as your trade, what inspired you to join a STEM career path, I guess, before you actually made any sort of investigations into what you could do in, in your trade? Yeah, well, it was a bit organic, really, my, my progress. I've, I've always been pretty curious and enjoyed investigation. So science is a bit of a natural progression there. And I was really, really strongly encouraged into the sciences throughout school by my dad. He was strong in that and strong in opportunity, you know, to, to not close yourself to opportunity. And so as an emerging professional also, I was really fortunate to have an excellent boss who, who really invested in me. And, you know, not only was he an excellent chemist himself and an excellent researcher, he was a really great leader. And he inspired me to basically believe that not only could I be a, a chemist, that I could be a really great one. And that, that was an opportunity available to me. You know, that the only thing really in my way was me. So I'm going to go a little bit off piste here with you, but can you walk me through what was it exactly that he did or said that really inspired you? He was strong in the need for good science and that good science was through good process. He was always available. I asked a million and one questions. And if he ever listens to this, he'll probably laugh and point the finger at me and say, yes, yes, she did. Yeah. I asked so many questions and he was always happy to answer them. He was always available with his time. He made a lot of space for me as far as value of my contribution. He engaged me really solidly and he led from the front. Like, as I said, not only was he a great leader, he was a really, really good chemist, a really good scientist, and, and he believed in good practice. So he had excellent systems in place, excellent process and policy, 
he created a really great culture of safety and put himself forward in some really challenging situations to champion those types of philosophies and practices and really gave value to his workers. You know, like there was no point in time where he didn't have our back. Was it that that sort of, I guess, pushed you to shift from a lab-based science career into becoming a leader for women and girls in STEM or was it something different? That's definitely a thread. But making the shift into this phase of my career, I really probably reached the ceiling where I was and I felt that the opportunities that were really calling to me weren't available in that space. And so I took a period of leave and I really spent some time thinking into like where I wanted to be professionally, but further, and I feel critically, thinking into who, who I wanted to be. And so through that, I identified that leadership was something that I really felt a resonance with. And also because I saw it as a gap in the scientific spaces and, and one that was often really quite negatively impactful on people. And so all things combined, that was sort of where I really felt that I could make a difference and a positive one. That's amazing that you had that time to really sit back and reflect and and think through that process. I think not many of us either take the time or get the opportunity to actually critically think about our careers and where we are, but also what impact we want to have. So that's amazing that you you took that time and actually did that critical thinking and came up with some answers. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel really fortunate. It certainly was no easy process and quite confronting also in many ways, but I feel fortunate to have had the time and to have chosen to take the time. You know, there was definitely an active choice there. And so I feel fortunate that I, I did that. So your current work step into STEM, Northern Territory. I'd love to hear more about that. So can you tell us about the current projects that you're working on? Yeah, yeah, I really, I really love this. And it's a really rewarding project. And I have the most amazing co-founder, Sarah, Sarah Davis. She comes from a, a science background as well in science outreach and consulting. So she's been just so good to have on board. But the Step into STEM program is basically a structured program that we deliver through high schools to years nine to 11 students at this stage. It has a few purposes and we deliver these through the Vessel of Projects. And so through this, we connect students with early career professionals from industry, postgraduate study, and together they work on a project challenge. And through this, we're looking to not only grow the opportunities available to the students, but also to the mentors and facilitate the transition for our young people from school into the workforce. And so the other side of that is also addressing the low rates of uptake for STEM-based degrees at the tertiary level that we, we observe quite strongly across the Northern Territory. So I watched the ABC report and, and read the ABC write-up on one of these school projects that you were leading. and. It was so fascinating how you brought this this project to cooler school in the Northern Territory, you know, in, into this school and that all the students got to work on how they were going to implement that in their school. Do you want to walk us through what that was like to actually lead and what 
differences you saw that that made for school-aged girls in particular? Yeah, well, again, really rewarding, also challenging, you know, like coming from a, a, a laboratory background and a professional background, you know, I'm good at addressing audiences. And so teaching is a is a different beast again. So from my perspective, that was a really great challenge that I enjoyed. But for the girls in particular, the program is open to all students, but we do have a strong focus on, on the girls. And so for the girls, it really opened their awareness and the exposure to potential of who they could be and what was available to them in their future. So that was a strong observation that we made and one that we felt really, really positive about. And really, we're working off the principle that you can't be what you can't see. And so we make visible and showcase female STEM professionals and role models and highlight their contributions to research and industry and make it really, really visible for the new generation to see and to engage with them on a personal level as well. Solani and I were talking just before about one of the ways that you try and um, promote that engagement is that the STEM professionals that you bring to schools to talk to the students are, I guess, closer in age, like at the earlier end of their career so that they can relate. Yeah. Yeah. So just want to, I guess, talk us through the, the thinking behind that. That's sort of an observation that comes from the research and motivation and my, my work in leadership and also just from anecdotal observations as well that Really, it's that step and a half ahead, people that are that step and a half ahead. That's what seems to resonate with people across the board. And so for the, for the high school age students, that was really important, you know, was to put people or to connect them with people that were close to them, that didn't just sort of, that looked like them as well. Because what we're observing is that the psychology really is often they want to feel like you're like them. You know, that the connection is really in that direction, not necessarily that they are like you, but they want to feel that you are like them. And, and that's the connection that seems to be most powerful. And so being careful in, in who we have as mentors in not, we have to be careful in that space as well, because we don't want to limit the value that we can bring to the program but we are cognizant of that, that effect on motivation and inspiration. And so we've been working really consideredly in that space. How is this affecting or benefiting the schools and the teachers that you work with? That is a space that we are really, really looking into at the moment. And it's, it's, we're continuing to advance and improve the program in that way. And so the work that we do here supports the messaging and the inspiration that the teachers and schools are trying to bring to the students. And particularly, it provides tangible ways of doing this. So engaging the students in real-world collaborative projects and also growing those mentor relationships with the young professionals, you know, that the students can connect with and, you know, seek help in, in really practical ways like course and subject selections at university. What's the bigger picture goal for this program into the future? So at the moment, we're really working on tightening the structure of the program, you know, such as the timing and the process of its delivery, like where throughout the year 
is best for the program to be delivered and for what duration is two weeks, three weeks, a 10-week program most conducive to achieving the value and benefits that we would like to deliver, but also with the suite of projects that it offers. So this is a really big one for me. I believe that, you know, having a suite of projects really improves our opportunity to engage a wider cohort in ways that resonate with them. And so that is definitely a strong area of focus of the moment, but also really defining and building in the value and benefits gained by other participants of the program, like our mentors, our teachers and the schools themselves. And so we're really really answering the question to ourselves of what value do they receive for their involvement and being really prescriptive in what that is, so what the value they would like to receive is, and working towards achieving that, building that into the structure of the program. Currently, this program is run uh, in partnership with or funded through the Northern Territory Government. Yep. And do you see that this project is has the potential to really go Australia-wide and impact in other states as well? Uh, is it something, yeah, that can go cross-border? We would love that. And that, that's a really high-level goal for us. And it's definitely a beacon that we're putting out there in front of us for the development of the program and ensuring that it's meaningful in that way. And so we're really aiming it at that curriculum level. You know, how can we build it in a way that is temporal and a long-term benefit rather than just in existence for a pulse in time? It's really important to us to have the, the longevity, not just of the program, but of the value that it brings and the opportunities that it creates through time. And so yeah, we would we would love to grow it to the point where it really is a national a national movement. It's exciting. It's something that I think is definitely needed. You know, I'm obviously from New South Wales and we have discussed this in previous podcasts that school students are really where we need to be focusing. I don't think we have anything like that in New South Wales at the moment as far as I'm aware. So, I think it's a great initiative. Yeah, well, we would love to bring it to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be exciting. Fantastic. Thanks very much for answering those questions. We're now going to jump over to your work with the Women's Innovation Network. So you're involved in a similar group called the Women's Innovation Network, where you work with women in STEM careers to help them grow or redevelop their passion for the industry. Do you want to tell me more about how you came across this and what you're doing with this program? Yeah, yeah, I I love this role. I'm I'm really really privileged to chair this network and lead so many amazing STEM women in this way. So this was a bit of an organic extension of the work that I've been doing in sustainability and the growth of personal and community prosperity. And I was invited to attend the meeting by a previous colleague of mine that I'd connected with. And yeah, she invited me to attend the meeting and thought that it was a group that would really resonate with me. And she was right. It really did. And so I I submit my application and I was really privileged to come on as chair. And so I've been in this role for about a year now. And really our purpose is both simple and powerful. And, you know, again, I, I really love this. And so we're 
we're basically committed to supporting the development of the next generation of STEM professionals and enabling innovation within the Territory. And so we aim to increase diversity and gender equity across the STEM professions and we work to find ways to attract women towards these professions and elevate them and their contribution, but critically retain them once we're here or once they are here with us. You know, the retention of women in science and in STEM is a, is a real focus. And so to do this, we work towards a few, a few clear outcomes and basically they are to strengthen the representation of women in innovation and STEM across the Northern Territory. We're developing a pipeline of opportunities and pathways to encourage women and attract girls towards STEM and innovation, and also to empower our women and girls to engage with the Territory's innovation ecosystem and to pursue opportunities here. And the Territory's innovation ecosystem is a really, really exciting initiative that's coming on board shortly. So anyone that's listening, I encourage you to watch this space because it's really cool. And our other mechanism is to increase the availability of support and development opportunities throughout our networks. So just one second, did you say that you came on board as chair to this network? Yes. Yes. That- so I'm, I'm current chair of this network. And- <laughs> That's amazing, Fiona. What was that like coming from outside the organization and then coming in and taking on that, that role straight away? It was exciting. A little bit, I was a little bit nervous coming into it. There, as I said, there are so many amazing scientists out there and some of them whose qualifications completely outstrip mine, you know, like they hold PhDs and and are leaders in their area. And so it was challenging in my mind coming, coming on board in this role and really just leading the network of such high level professionals. That's a challenge still and one that I still sort of reconcile within myself. But really my role, I, you know, I, I believe my role isn't to know their professions or their work better than what they do. My role is to create a space and environment and lead a network that brings them a, a space for value where they can showcase the best of their capacity and their contributions in their own right. And, and it's that I really love that. It's a real privilege. So if somebody, uh, a young person, particularly a, a woman in STEM, wanted to get involved, how would they go about doing that? In the Women's Innovation Network? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a link via the NTGov website, our Eye for Innovation, and there's lots and lots of opportunities throughout the community with different science outreach programs in drones, in robotics, in innovation just in the young, like creativity, design and innovation in community-based spaces. They run, last year, they ran the, the innovation playground and that was something that was available to all young people and it was basically like a drop-in festival that was run in the city so parents could bring their kids. There were lots of different activities and things like that for them to engage with and so that was aimed at quite young people, but also the focus was to provide an opportunity for parents who are often career professionals as well to learn about the network and to connect with it in the ways that they felt meaningful. Well, thank you. 
So where to from here with what you're working on? And for you, you personally, where to from here for Fiona? Oh, that's a never-ending journey, really. I continue to finish my master in leadership and to bring into my work the practice of leadership and and build ways of growing a culture of leadership and of bringing value to others. And so I continue to work in the space of science outreach, just to do a little business-to-business consulting. And really I'm finding my way with more resonance towards the community-based spaces. So continuing with the development of the Step Into STEM program and working in a similar way within the sports and and using sports as a vessel to build personal community prosperity, future opportunity and facilitation into careers. And yeah, just continuing my own growth as a as a career professional. Well, Fiona, it has been a real pleasure to talk to you today and to share some of the great work that you're doing with our listeners. How can people get in touch with you if they want to know more about your program? So I'm available online at evokesustainability.com.au and via info at evokesustainability.com.au. And for the Step Into STEM program, there's a website for that. So that's available at stepintostemnt.org. And there's an email link via that page too. So that tells everyone about the program, its structure and where it's moving to from here. Thank you. That wraps up this episode of Beyond the Green Line podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Green Line, brought to you by Moss Environmental. Subscribe to our podcast for your weekly invitation to join the conversation. Until next time, keep thinking green.